Thank you, James, for leading us in prayer. Shelton, we are church not just for ourselves. We don't gather here to pat ourselves on the back about how great we are, but we become the hands and feet of Jesus as we serve the community for the flourishing of the community that God has called us. So thanks to Carolyn for being the hands and feet of Jesus. And may we always be reaching out as well. Today, we are continuing our summer series, Faith That Moves, based on Hebrews chapter 11. And the one central question that will drive entire sermon today is this. By faith, how do you live wisely in the middle of uncertainties and unknown? Let me say it one more time. By faith, how do you live wisely in the middle of uncertainties and unknowns? See, it's not the matter of question of if uncertainties and unknown come. It's really when. It's inevitable. One of the great delusions of modern culture is that through the development of technology and through the innovation of medicine, Somehow, we think we can limit uncertainties. But if you have lived more than one year in your life, you know this is not the case. And in fact, sure, development, medicine, technology might have helped to limit some sort of uncertainties, but it's just a matter of when all of a sudden you are swept under the rug. All of a sudden, I have no idea, God, what I'm supposed to do today. There are so many unknowns and uncertainties that paralyzes me. See, if you are there today, I hope and pray that as we dive in Hebrews chapter 11, God will show you how to move forward courageously even in the middle of unknown and uncertainties as we dive in Hebrews chapter 11. That's what we are studying, Hebrews chapter 11. Yet, let me give one more thought here before we dive in. One of the cautions of diving in just one chapter, Hebrews 11, alone throughout whole summer is that sometimes we miss the big picture because we are just looking at this one chapter only. Why is the book of Hebrews written? To whom? What kind of background they were going through at the time? If you don't have to go there, but if you just go one chapter before, chapter 10, around verse 32 and 34, these are a group of people, their homes were plundered, they faced great persecutions. They were imprisoned. Some of them were killed. If you're them, you're thinking, wait, God, I believed in you. And why all kinds of this thing happening? Who knows? Tomorrow I might die. I might get imprisoned. My home may be plundered. What is this all about? How am I supposed to find joy and peace in the middle of the complete unknown and uncertainties. I'm sure these are very questions that these new believers, the recipient of the book of Hebrews, were asking as well. And then the author of Hebrews brings us to Hebrews chapter 11, man and woman of God, the hall of fame, the one who went before us. And don't be mistaken, church. It's not that these men and women of God who went before us had designer lives. No, their lives were not walking the park. Their lives were filled with uncertainties and unknown that paralyzes us often. 
but they somehow, someway found way. Their faith moved them to be able to take step by step in faith. Now, don't you want that, Shelton? I do. I wish I can always take step courageously, even in the middle of unknown and uncertainties. I hope and pray that the Lord will speak to you as we dive in. For some of you, uncertainties and unknown, you're just walking right through it in the middle of it. You're like, Jen, you got no idea of my circumstances. May the Lord speak to you as we jump in. Let's open up the Word of God to Hebrews chapter 11. Today we will read from 8 through 16. Hebrews 11, 8 through 16. We will learn from the faith of Abraham. That's our first man we will be studying throughout the summer. Hebrews 11, 8 through 16. Let's see how the faith of Abraham moved him. Hear the word of God. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This is God's word. So today, what do we learn from the faith of Abraham? How did he face all sort of unknowns and uncertainties? Let's dive in. As we do that, if you see verse 13 through 16, it's rather a reinforcement or commentary of verse 8 and 12. So we'll combine those two sections and we'll dive in together. So three things that we'll learn. How do you live wisely even in the middle of uncertainties and unknown? Live obediently, wholeheartedly, and hopefully, full of hope. Live obediently, wholeheartedly, and with full of hope, hopefully. So first, let's look at it. Live obediently even when you don't see the full picture. Live obediently even when you don't see the full picture. Verse 8 and first half of 13. How does it begin this text? By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Now, 
In order to understand and appreciate this text properly, you have to understand the life of Abraham here a little bit. Let me just give three accounts that God showed up to Abraham. Genesis 12, 15, 22. Let's say Genesis 12. Here we go. Abraham was living in the fertile crescent for many, many generations, Chaldees of Ur. Um, he was comfortable and fine. And one day, God shows up to Abraham. And if you read good old King James Bible, it basically says, get thee out of the country. So be it. So what God is saying is, I'm God, you're not, go. If I were Abraham, I'm like, God, I'm fine here. What are you doing? God says, get out. It will be great. That's all it says. I'll show you later. It will make you a great nation. That's all that is. If I were Abraham, I'm like, okay, that escalated quickly. All right, I guess I got to go. Genesis 15, God shows him again. I'd be nervous by this time. God promised all the descendants, great promise, and says, Abraham, possess this land. Go, it's the promised land. But you'll be like a foreigner there, by the way. I'm like, okay, so you promised great holiday vacation, but when I go to the vacation, I'll be homeless? I'm like, okay. Genesis 22, God shows up once again, which we will look at next week, actually. Abraham finally receives the promised son, and God says, now kill him. God doesn't really tell reason anything. Go. I'll tell you later where to go. Go possess. I'll show you how that happens. Kill. Ah, oh, you don't need an answer. In a sense, God, if, have you worked under a boss, Shelton? That doesn't tell you any reason. Do it. Just trust me. Do it. I'd be like, okay, tell me a little more, God. But God doesn't really give any reason, but simply says, trust me and go. And what does Abraham do? Verse 9, he obeyed and what? He went. Still nonetheless, even not understanding full picture, even though he did not know where he was going, he obeyed and went. And this giant of faith, sometimes none of them even knew what the outcomes will be, even to the point of their death. Verse 13, what does it say? All these people are still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They only saw the glimpse of it. They trusted the goodness and the faithfulness of God. They obeyed even when they did not see the full picture. They took the step of faith. Sean, how do you live wisely in the middle of unknown and uncertainties? Would you obey before the Lord even if you do not understand full picture? Sometimes we live in delusional thinking. We say, oh, if only I can predict the future. If only I can predict what God will do, then I'll do it. But that's not faith. Sometimes faith requires you, even if you do not understand full picture, you take the step in obedience, even though you do not know quite everything, how it will pan out. Just a couple of years ago, as I was praying slowly about transition, I told my few close friends, hey, I've been thinking about this church called Chelton. I think I should apply. They were like, oh, are you sure that's will of God? Are you sure that's God's will for you? Are you positive about it? What percent? 100%? I always said, I don't know. I think it is. Uh, let me take a step and find out whether it is or not. Took one step, turned the application in. <laughs> one after one after one after. 
Hello, Chelton. Looks like I'm here. God does work. We, sometimes, Chelton, it's far easier to steer a moving car than a parked car. Will you take one step of faith in obedience wherever God called you? Last week, I asked each one of you to write down your mission statement or at least to think about it. What is God revealing to you? What God has called you? Sometimes you're like, God, oh, I'm not sure how everything will pan out. Go for it. If it, turned, if it turns out to failure, then God permitted it. If it turns out to be success, then God blessed it. But unless you take one step of faith, you won't know how God is exactly leading you. Chelton Keys, glad that you're here. You ready for a little objective lesson here? Look at this. Do you know what this is? I bought this little lamp in 2007, 2008 when I lived in Israel. Um, I thought one day maybe I'll use it as a sermon illustration. 14, 15 years later, here I go. <laughs> and this is, they said, the common-sized lamp that those people of God used, the commoners used in Israel back in those days. See, what if we turn all the lights off, if we can block all the sunlight, if we do that and turn this lamp on, do you think this lamp will show two miles down the road? No. God's word is lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you turn this lamp on, it will barely show you next step. Keep the lamp on and take step of faith one step at a time. It will barely show next step. Keep the lamp on. Keep the word of God with you. Take one step of obedience. He might not show you four miles down the road how your future will turn out. But as you go in obedience, may the Lord go before you, behind you, and show each step of the way like Abraham did. He did not see the full picture, but he obeyed still, went before the Lord, even if he did not understand the full picture. Will you do that, Chelton? What is God calling you? Perhaps for some of you in this season, God has called you to be just a better spouse. Take one step of obedience by expressing your affection and appreciation, acceptance. What does that look like for you Will you take one step of obedience even when you don't understand the full picture? Second thing we learn from Abraham's faith here is that live wholeheartedly, live wholeheartedly even in your transition. So first, live obediently even when you don't see the full picture. Second, live wholeheartedly in your transition. Read verse 9, what happens? By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. Now, if you're Abraham, isn't this interesting? He finally arrived to the promised land, promised Canaan. Yes, this is my promised land. Oh, then I should be like the king, isn't it? But he says, I'm the stranger in a foreign country. And Abraham lived in the tents. Verse 13, what does it say? Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. That's all that is. What is this talking about? Abraham entered the promised land, but he was not the rightful possessor. So he could not be potentially fully make himself the citizen of that land. But what is it? Did Abraham just come as a tourist then? No, what does it say? Verse 9, he made his home. Even though he was like stranger, what, what does that mean? Even though he was not a citizen, 
He was not a tourist either. He made a home where God has called him in this season of transition in Abraham's life. In a sense, children, we all are like permanent alien. That's what Abraham was. He was the permanent resident in this foreign land. He wasn't citizen. citizenship. Our citizenship belongs to the new heaven and new earth that is to come. But we all live transitional life, Chelton. Transitional life of 100 years, plus minus. Would you embrace the journey that God has called you? Sometimes you say, man, this is just too much. I don't even know what to do. Sometimes one of the most stressful seasons that God calls you in your life It's not transitioning a transition, but living in a transition. Sometimes God calls you, he prolongs your transition much longer than you would anticipate, and it's draining. Perhaps some of you in this season, you are in literal transition season. You're moving point A to point B. The physical moving, usually physical vulnerability requires, often involves emotional vulnerability as well. It's tiring. It's taxing. Very difficult. Can you imagine living in a transition while everyone's transitioning back and forth? Imagine yourself living in an airport terminal while everyone's going back and forth. Not that there's any movie like that. <clears throat> Tom Hanks. <clears throat> yeah. It's very stressful, but sometimes God calls us to this prolonged transition season. Abraham, God, you made me arrive to this promised land. But I'm just a sojourner still. I made myself home, yet I am looking for a better country that is to come. Sometimes you are in the emotional transition, perhaps. You are full of hope. Now your hope seems to die, death of hope. Or perhaps it's the death of hope you thought, but they're slowly, surely full of hope. In that transition, which side of direction you are going, it's very taxing and exhausting. But would you embrace the limbo? Perhaps you are going from recovery to relapse or relapse to recovery. Wherever journey that you are on, we all are on journey. Embrace the limbo. Don't just say, I'm just checking, check off, move on. No, sometimes God has called us to faithfully walk through the valley. What our tendency is, all we want to do is, God, you call me through the valley? I want to crawl out of it. No, our God is going before you, behind you, faithfully walk through the limbo of life, faithfully walk through that valley he has called you. Beauty is in there. Live wholeheartedly wherever God called you. See, when I was pastoring in the university town, Princeton, half of the church had a transition rate. 50% of the church changed about every three, four years because of university town. So when I got to minister to a lot of graduate students, They actually, because they were there for only two, three years, they did not want to get involved. Well, Jen, I have friends back home. I keep in touch with them. But my encouragement to them always like, no, yes, I understand that you are in the transition phase, but plug yourself deeply. Embrace the transition. Embrace the limbo. God can do wonderful and miraculous things. Don't just check yourself out. Wherever the season that God calls you, fully plug yourself and live wholeheartedly. Abraham didn't live as a tourist just consumes good of the city and doesn't contribute anything. He made himself a home, even though he knew his ultimate home is to come. The ultimate promised land is to come. He fully embraced the limbo. So now, Chelton, would you embrace the journey that God called you? 
If you're in the season of a transition that requires so much emotional energy, perhaps your heart was full of hope, but it's leading to only heartbreak, God is there with you. He goes before you, behind you. Look at Abram. Imagine him. God, you led me through unknown and uncertainties. You brought me here. And I live under a tent. Thank you a lot, God. I'm sure it was not an easy journey for him. He lived like a stranger, but he was faithful even in the middle of this uncertainty and middle of his journey. Now, don't you ask each other, how can Abraham do that? How can we live and embrace, live full, obedient life? How can he live wholeheartedly in the middle of unknown and uncertainty? Because he had something better to look forward to. Third, live hopefully with God's promise in view. Verse 10 through 11 and 14 through 16. Let me read 10 and 11 here. For he was looking forward to the city with the foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. See, because Abraham was not looking back, he was looking forward the city with a foundation, whose architect is builder, God himself. This unshakable foundation, he's talking about the city of God. This city of man is ephemeral. It will come and go. Kingdoms will rise and fall. But the city of God, this unshakable foundation will never fail. And Abraham's eyes were fixated on that God Yes, you have called me to this middle of uncertainties and unknown, but I walk step by step in obedience with full of my heart because I know the best days are yet to come. See, I quoted Jonathan Edwards' sermon last week. Really, Christian happiness and hope is that bad things will turn out for good. Good things cannot be taken away. Best things are yet to come. Do you have this glory of hope in your vision sight? Look at verse 15. If they had been thinking of the country left, they would have opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Chelton, would you fix your eyes to the city of God, not only the city of man? When you try to make city of man a city of God, when you overburden that hope, you will get neither of it. But fix your eyes to what is to come. That hope is unshakable hope and foundation we have in Jesus Christ. Isn't life hard? Oh, man, just talking about uncertainties and unknown gets my gut just talking about it. Because I don't like those words, Shelton. I, I, I'll be honest with you. If you're like, oh, Jin, I love uncertainties. I love unknown. Who are you? That's a very hard place to be. It requires so much of your emotional vulnerability hangings of hope, but fix your eyes to the unquenchable hope that is to come. That will carry you through. That will allow you to live obediently and also wholeheartedly, even in the middle of unknown and uncertainties. Uh, many of you perhaps know the name Tim Keller, the founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church. Last year, he was diagnosed with a pancreatic cancer. If you're familiar with that, it's one of the lethal ones. And soon after he was diagnosed, he wrote this article in The Atlantic, and he articulates 
the vision of city of man and city of God in his own language, what he learned from the lesson as he faced death. This is what he says in the journal Atlantic. As the spiritual reality grows, what are the effects on how I live? One of the most difficult results to explain is what happened to my joys and fears. Since my diagnosis, Kathy, his wife, Kathy and I have come to see that the more we try to make a heaven out of this world, the more we ground our comfort and security in it, the less we are able to enjoy it. When we turn good things into ultimate things, when we make them our greatest consolations and loves, they will necessarily disappoint us bitterly. To our surprise and encouragement, Kathy and I have discovered that the less we attempt to make this world into a heaven, the more we are able to enjoy it. This change was not an overnight revolution as God's reality dawns more on my heart, slowly and painfully, and through many tears, the simplest pleasures of this world have become sources of daily happiness. It is only as I have become, for the lack of better term, more heavenly-minded that I can see the material world for the astonishingly good divine gift it is. Do you know how to ride, how to rise, how to soar even in the middle of uncertainties and unknown? Let your mind soar up to heaven. Be heavenly minded. We have this glorious, unshakable hope. Live, with, live hopefully with this promise in view, Chelton. The Christian hope is not just hope for the future, but it is hope from the future. This strength in you, your present trials and difficulties in the middle of uncertainties and unknown. Carry the strength from the future hope into your present reality, that certain future that is to come. Abraham longed for the better country. That enabled him. That gave him the poise even when he did not see a full picture, even in the middle of nomadic life that he was called to live because he and his eyes were fixated to better country that is to come. So, how are you living today, Charlton? Do you truly live in obedience even when you don't see the full picture? Sometimes all we have to do is take a step of faith, the leap of faith, step by step. Turn that lamp on, one step at a time. And if the God has called you to the season of transition, whether it be the parenting to empty nester, whether it be the adolescent season you are in, kid to adulthood, all those are very difficult seasons. Perhaps you are called to, you see your health failing all of a sudden. You cannot rely on your body anymore. Those are very challenging seasons. Yet still embrace that journey God has called you. You can still live wholeheartedly because we have this better country that is to come. That is the very hope from the future to the present. So the golden question now is how? How can I live obediently, wholeheartedly, and also hopefully, the answer lies in the point that I did not give it to you. Fourth point, live in Christ alone. Read verse 12. And so, from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. 
Yes, this is talking about Abraham. His physical descendant that has come as God has promised. Yet at the same time, this is talking about the true Abraham. For Abraham, though he was as good as dead, for the true Abraham, he was dead. He shed his blood on the cross for our sins. And all who believe in him, now he bore so many children of our Heavenly Father through his death on the cross. You want to know how to live obediently when you don't see the full picture? Look to Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't know. Only the Father knew the time and the hour. But he still was obedient to the cross fully. Do you know how to embrace, live wholeheartedly, even in the middle of your transitions? Look to Jesus Christ. He had only 30-some years, and he gave that, especially last three years, completely and wholly for us. If Jesus said, well, I have lived eternity, three years, nothing. Let me just check off and go do nothing. We all would have been damned. But Jesus gave it all, even in that earthly ministry, in the short years that he had, he gave it all for us. Why did he do that? Because he also had this glorious hope that through his death, we are redeemed. Through his death, he had secured our hope that now we can live hopefully because we have this promise of God. Chelton, where does the anchor of your faith lies? Faith truly moves us, mobilizes us, enables us to take step by step in obedience. Where do we get that strength? Look to Jesus, the author, perfector of our faith, who gave it all at the cross. And through him, we are redeemed. Through him, we have hope. So, the question we ask, by faith, how do you live wisely even in the middle of uncertainties and unknown, how can we live obediently, wholeheartedly, and hopefully? Look to Jesus. He will carry you through. And as you look to Jesus, as you take step by step, may the Lord go before you, behind you. Our God is for you. Do not lose heart in your journey, Chelton. Sometimes transitional season that God has called you, Uncertainties and unknown can be very challenging, but our God is with you. Let's pray together. Oh God, we look to you. God, I cannot imagine the uncertainties and unknowns that Abraham had to face. That must have been daunting. Yet often, oh Lord, you called us to the very season too. None of us know what tomorrow holds. It may be bliss, it may be sorrows. But, oh God, would you give us courage to face our fears and yet take one step of obedience even in the middle of unknown. Even when we do not understand the full picture, would you allow us to go and obey? Oh God, I especially lift up those who are going through major transitions in their life, whether it be physical or emotional. God, draw near to them, speak to them, comfort them in their longings, in their sorrows. Lord, we commit them to you. And if there is any of us who are gathered here losing hope, what good is this life all about? Life is so hard. I don't know whether I can make it. Oh God, may your hope pierce through their heart. We need that hope today. Apart from hope, we cannot live 
And oh Lord Jesus, thank you for securing that hope at the cross. So in him we hope, in him we live today. Oh God, may our faith in him move us to live courageously, take step in obedience and wholeheartedly because we know what Jesus Christ has done. In your name we pray, amen.